hey Pedro. Hey Chris, how are you doing? Good, good. How are you? Um, I'm pretty good. I've had a. Well, I have to turn the. I have to turn the lo-fi off. Um, yeah, I've had a pretty long day actually, but I'm happy to be here. Very much so. Nice, nice. Good, good to you. Good to you. I don't know why the because uh, I do the spaces on on BlueStacks, which basically like emulates a phone, but on your computer. And oh, for nice. some reason, it wasn't working, and I was there, like, "Wait, what?" It would crash yeah, yeah. each time I opened Twitter, and I was like, "Oh no!" And, yeah, yeah. So... and I actually think it's like it's such a big mystery why you can't speak, you know, through a desktop or through a browser, yeah, I know, a computer, right? right? On Twitter, like it's a billion-dollar company, and yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, it's like yeah. this is the most it's the most practical thing why do i have yep. to be on my phone plus yep. on your phone you don't have a good mic you're it's just exactly it just doesn't set up yeah and that's really the have... main thing like i don't mind using my phone but you know all of us already have you know microphones and screens and all the things set up and you can research you can you know it's easy on, on a computer as well to add you know new pin tweets to a total space and so on yeah, yeah exactly i mean I, I don't know. Maybe it would be complicated. I have no idea. I'm not a coder, yeah, yeah. obviously. And by but... the way, like, it has the podcast already started. So, you know, hello to everyone who... It, oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. it so, just got to start off the bat. Okay, so the recording will be from, from, the, from the beginning. Yeah, pretty much. Unless okay, you want yeah. me to cut something out. But... No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, yeah. Hello, hello everyone. We'll, we'll make up for yeah. it. My name is Chris, but we'll get into it. <laughs> I usually just jump in. Um, so, yeah, I mean... So let's see. Usually I started off just simply like asking what the background is and how you kind of got into crypto because I feel like it's a great way to just get into the get into the idea and then we can just go off on a bunch of fucking tangents and see where it brings us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, where where did you start? How did you get into crypto? It's actually a good question. And I you know after after so maybe a big uh, oh, not big, big. Maybe a quick uh, backstory is that we met in in Paris uh, uh, recently yeah. at the NFT <laughs> Paris at the Monkey Dao lunch, and so I kind of knew, you know, what you know, what questions you might ask in terms of you know the beginning of crypto. I don't know any of the other questions, uh, but so I thought about it earlier today, and I was like, I'm not even sure actually, uh, because I had a I had a really good friend who pitched me hard on Bitcoin in 20. 15 and 2016 but i didn't act on it then i was a part of uh, like especially in denmark but i think globally or at least in the u.s as well around 2015 to 17 or so there was a big wave of people starting to focusing on like Moore's law and you know computing will take over and the robots will take over so so it's kind of kind of you know part of that as well but didn't really you know act on much blockchain stuff um i always liked it you know in principle um but once you hear you know friends or certain family members who have like no clue about technology talk about hey i just bought some bitcoin i I don't know that might have turned me off or, or maybe it wasn't big enough or you know i actually don't know at at this point um but then I think something happened after COVID or after 2020. Like it seemed like the entire space in a very short period started to mature. And I think, you know, the invent might not, not have been an invention, but, you know, NFTs for me probably for sure helped 
because I could see how you could use, you know, NFTs for, you know, so many purposes. And it clicked fairly early on for me in terms of how important NFTs could be. Like I've been on the internet since the, you know, late 90s, always loved everything from gaming to, I mean, I started creating my own websites when I was 11 years old, started coding and and, and so on. So, you know, ownership on the internet and, 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 and the web has, yeah, it, it clicked really fast for me. And I, and I think, and then NFTs, and then I was like, okay, okay, you know, now I'm going to, you know, create the finance and Coinbase accounts and, and yeah, get started. Yeah, for sure. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think a lot of people have probably heard about Bitcoin or heard about Ethereum before it actually like became yep. big. And um, yeah, I think the first time I heard about crypto as a whole was Ethereum in 2017. They ran ads in Paris. Oh, really? There were ads for Ethereum. I distinctly remember the like the gray like triangle, double triangle, and I was like, I didn't care. I was like eleven or something. Wow. <laughs> it was like okay. Yeah, and I, I, I actually the, was, uh, the friend who pitched me in uh, twenty fifteen a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so I, ha- I haven't spoken to him much over the last one or two years. Uh, so I messaged him. So you know, where are you on, on Bitcoin and uh, blockchain and so on? And he was like, yeah. I probably sold like around half of it to, you know, buy an apartment yeah, and still keeping some. Yeah. But I, I think he, he, he's cool. doing all right. <laughs> yeah. I feel, I feel like that's awesome. If you manage to get oh, yeah, out yeah. of it and like get your yeah, own yeah, house yeah. or something, it's like you, you've kind of made yeah, it. Yeah. Honestly, like you came out, it's like you got out of the of the casino <laughs> and you didn't go too far. <laughs> it didn't all go to the casino. I mean, depending know? on what, you know price you paid in Italy, like if you were in Bitcoin yeah. before 2016, you know, you you bought in really, really cheap. Yeah, that would be that would be huge. But holy shit, yeah, okay. So, actually, this a, a bit of a like current events question that relates to you to a certain extent is that I've seen a lot about Web three gaming, and I've always been a proponent that it works with NFTs because of CS:GO, yeah. and I've seen people tweet about CS:GO more, and I know that you're Danish, and I figured. Like, have you played CSGO and have you, did that ever help you in the, like, understanding how NFTs work? Because I know CSGO is huge in depth. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And I think yeah. both, you know, <laughs> CSGO, World of Warcraft, like, and a, and a ton of games really help you, you know, in in this industry. And f- at least for a couple of months or a couple of, of years, we had one of the best CSGO teams in Denmark with Astralis and they're still, you know, they're still yeah. top tier, and we have one of the big um, tournaments with, uh, you know, Blast Pro. I think I actually had a the investors behind Blasco uh, uh, or the founders. I actually met with them. I don't know, maybe five or six years ago, in terms of investing in another yeah. company. So you know, it's a very small world here in, <laughs> here in Copenhagen. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I really think it helps, and I'm glad you bring it up in terms of you know CSGO and and skins. Um, people are trading a lot, but there's also a lot of young people and, and, and users or gamers or people in general who get scammed, right? Because, you know, you wire some money and the person whom you buy it from, you know, they, they will not send you the account. I mean, I've tried that with certain, I won't go into details, but let's just say around five or 10 years ago, I, I, I did some trading in terms of some gaming accounts or so on. 
and absolutely got scammed too. Uh, and you know, maybe lost a thousand dollars at least once. Uh, and there was this this one guy from Norway, and he was like, "Yeah, sure, you have my address, but what are you going to do? I mean, are you gonna hit drop by or uh, <laughs> uh, what? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what are you going to do?" Uh, so I think a lot of gamers, if they think about it, and if they don't listen to the mainstream narrative in terms of NFTs, um, I definitely think they, you know, will love um, NFTs. And it doesn't have to be speculative. It, it, I think the most important thing to gamers is that it's about ownership. It's about memories. It's about, you know, keeping the items you worked so hard for or that you traded a lot of other items for or it could be, you know, achievements or, I mean, who knows in the future, it could be screenshots or, you know, specific, games that meant a lot to you maybe in the future you can click you know mint and you can have the summary of that game visualized on an on an nft it's point to that um or one of my favorite and it's a bit tragic even but one of my favorite recent examples is when blizzard shut down all their games in china recently because of you know, the business or commercial agreement with the local yeah. uh, licensee or whatever you call it, it ran out, right? Tencent, so, you know, right? Diablo, World of Warcraft, all of it, you know, they just closed down the servers. But you had people who had been spending five or 10 years on certain characters, on certain accounts, on achievements, on items. They lost all of it and they couldn't do anything about it, right? They just lost it, um, which is, you know, quite sad and i think for a lot of them if you ask them yes we know you might not be able to you know play but what if you had the achievements what if you could verify the achievements what if you had some of the items that other platforms if they wanted to could emulate and grant you access you know to use on you know their avatars or display or made 3d models or you know whatever it might be and i think in the future especially with you know ai and and, and other ways of, of generating 3d assets it's going to be quicker and easier to to do those things uh even for for different platforms so yeah i actually think nfts are you know super super important and even a lot of people who are interested or own nfts right now i'm not sure everyone really gets how important ownership on the web or virtually or on the internet yes sorry that was a long rant yeah i mean no worries like i i agree with almost everything you said it's just it's the thing where to me it made a lot of sense of nfts coming out of csgo where you obviously you have all of that in-game skin trading and it's still going on now and it's been going on for years and it's very similar to nfts like i've even when you open a case it's like uh, oh, it's like a mint. You have a chance to getting a rare, and if you get a rare, you make mad money. And if you don't get a rare, you're kind of fucked. Like, totally, totally. But I think what annoys me, kind of to a certain extent, is that I don't know how NFTs can kind of fumble the bag, where so many people have like listened to the mainstream media and have fallen into a narrative that NFTs are bad or that NFTs are a Ponzi or that all of these things. And you end up having a lot of gamers that just kind of despise NFTs. And I don't think many of them would know how to explain it to you. They'll tell you, oh, environmental concerns. But it's not even that accurate at this point anymore. So I don't, 
that one where I'm like, I'm not sure how we fucked it up. Mm. Yeah, and I think, I mean, there's a lot of ego chamber, chambers, you know. Um, we might think the NFT space is big. It's not. We might think that NFT haters or gamers who do not like NFTs are, you know, big or a lot of folks. But I think in reality, it's not true. And yeah, I've, I've seen the reason, you know, Yuga Labs or other side, uh, you know, YouTube videos and some streamers love to make fun of NFTs. But, you know, in the end and globally out of, you know, a billion gamers or so, I don't think it's that big an issue. But we still need to, you know, have the strong use cases, the strong user experiences, and and so on. And then I think, you know, it'll it'll be just fine. Um, and and one good example, and I know a lot of gamers recently fought it, the you know uh, the sewer passes and and you know the game that you collapsed did. But the truth yeah. is that they had the same prize money as some of the top esport gaming tournaments just for that game, right? So it's going to attract, you know, a ton of streamers and a ton of gamers naturally. And I think this space might be a lot more, or, or might be a lot easier to to monetize than, you know, traditional gaming or, you know, traditional internet apps or, or other things. I mean, a lot, a lot of the internet so far has been based on advertisement, right? Because we have been missing... Uh, a digital currency or we've been missing other ways to to monetize so i think we could see some interesting opportunities there for sure to be completely fair there is i think another problem because you're talking about monetizing what a lot of people i think are worried about are just seeing nfts as a way to monetize even more and go down the like microtransaction road and push it even further into its limits. But what I think people don't really get is that nothing is stopping Web2 companies from doing that right now. It's not like NFTs really give you tech to take advantage of it even yep. more, yep. To, my, to the best of my knowledge. And on the contrary, given you get that ownership, it's that, that's not how it works. It's literally the opposite. Yep. Yeah, and even if you look at it, so take you know any of your favorite game games. And especially the ones that might be five or 10 years old, like all of them have in-app or in-game purchases right now. And their users or their audiences are spending so much money right now, but they, they don't own anything. So it's literally, you know, you pay and you, it's basically you know, money in a black hole, right? And that's fine. I mean, it's the same we do for, you know, movies and music and so many other things, but if you are spending a ton of time on your, you know, gaming account or character or whatever it might be, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say it's, you know, it's, it's living, but it's a huge part of a lot of people's lives. So I, I think it would only be cool if you could store, you know, your achievements forever or your certain items or whatever. It's the same thing you could do in sports, right? You, you do get certificates, you do get, you know, different kinds of uh, awards if you win something in sports, right? But it's it's not entirely the same in gaming, or you rely on those central servers to to be up in in twenty years. Yeah, one hundred percent. And uh, I don't know. There's a there's a bullish for for gaming. I think what matters most right now is to make a to make games fun on blockchain. I don't think people have caught on to that yet. Unfortunately, there's too much play to earn. Yep. True. But yeah, 
we'll see we'll see how that goes and, and, and but, I think so, we're, we're missing a lot on on the user experience side right i mean phantom is how old it's it's more than a year old of course uh, i've been using phantom for more than than 12 months but it, you know crypto wallets up until fairly recently wasn't that user friendly and and even now it, you know if you download or install a crypto wallet it's it's not that easy to you know just use your credit card and 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 get whatever whatever token you need but it's coming and it's getting closer and for some countries it's already um available but i still think you know there's still some work to do for sure yeah metamask is such a horror experience jesus i think it's the worst onboarding tool ever it's so confusing I think they tried to make it better too with like the transaction explanations, but it killed me. I was like, just give me the price and fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So onto like another topic. Um, right now you're with Portals, right? And how long have you been with them? Um, since September or October, twenty twenty one. Okay, so that's pretty. That's more or less since the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. It was, it was, it, when was it the was, uh, It was doing the. Or at the end of the, the Solana Hagathon. Um, and, yeah. And then we announced that we got a second place um, at the Solana Hagathon 2021. I think it was actually the first really big mainstream or more web-free focused Solana Hagathon. Got a second place there in gaming. I announced that at the end of October. Um, we did our mint on November 26th, uh, 2021. So, yeah. Yeah, dude. Okay. Uh, so it's been a long ride. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and yeah, and and it's gonna be you know much longer fun ride. <laughs> how did you how did you kind of get into that job? Was it through like friends? Was it through Web three connections? How do you go? I guess from what you were, I guess you had like a Web two job, Web two background, and everything to being investing into crypto and having a job that's in crypto and and the metaverse, which is a fairly new concept, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I started with NFTs, um, I think it was around April or May 2021, spending uh, a lot of time on uh, Ethereum and Ethereum NFTs. Very interesting summer for sure. You know, 2021, everything was was so early. Um, And I've tried to think back, like, how, why did I, you know, get started on Solana? Why did I create a wallet there? And I really can't, you know, come up with why I did it. But, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm glad I did. And it was back in the days where you basically only had three projects. You had, you know, to generate Ape Academy, you had Solana Manga Business and you had Fract. And yeah, there was a couple of other projects, but those were really the main three projects on, uh, on Solana. Um, but yeah, I love the user experience and I could definitely see how this, and Solana would be a much better mainstream or much better user experience already in, in August 2021. So started spending a lot of time there. Um, I minted Aurori and was lucky, lucky, lucky enough to actually get a mint. Um, and, you know, that mint was so hyped. I think it was like, I don't know, 100,000 people or 150,000 people. Or so at that time, trying to mint 10K collection. Uh, so that That's yeah, huge. that was pretty wild. Uh, <laughs> you know, good old school hype, right? Uh, there wasn't as many 
as far as I remember, as many bots uh, and so on back then. So it's really, you know, just clicking and hoping that you were faster or your internet connection was uh, was better. Um, Minted, Geckos, spent a lot of time there. I mean, I love the comeback, love the current success that the Geckos are having. Um, spent a lot of time with Foxes, started working with Foxes, famous Foxes, um, a bit in, in the fall 2021. Uh, met a ton of great, great friends there, both on the team and, and in the community. And it was actually someone from the Foxes who introduced me to the Paul's team. I think around, I don't know, 200 Twitter followers. Uh, and then I started to, to talk with um, Adam and Jackie on the Paul's team. And we just clicked, you know, instantly. And I loved what they had done so far. Uh, and I loved them... Uh, you know, on a personal level, and I think that's so important in terms of if you want to invest a ton of your time, or if you want to join a team, or work together with someone for a very long time. Like, it has to be good people. It's not enough that they're you know really talented folks, but you know they have to be good people, right? Uh, and I think that's why you know we're still doing really well in portals because we have such a great core team and there's also you know Dallas and Alex and a ton of other folks who were there early on and yeah absolutely amazing core team and and, and team entirely okay yeah and I think uh, interestingly enough originally when I entered crypto and I got a Twitter account the first thing I put was I hate the metaverse <laughs> that was my pinned tweet for like I don't know maybe a year because I didn't like the concept originally I didn't get it I think and even now, I think I have a bit of a trouble getting it. But talking to more people, I'm starting to like understand why it's important and why it makes a lot of sense. But so, did you have any trouble like getting it? And if you had to explain to someone that doesn't really understand metaverse, who's going to be like, just go to real life, what would be? What's your pitch to like a person that's never heard of it or that's already kind of been edged towards being against the metaverse? Yeah, so I think it's super simple, uh, and especially to a person who has never heard of it. And again, it depends on you know what experiences or how familiar with different kinds and how old are they maybe, or what 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 is their experiences you know with different applications or or, or the internet. But in general, you know the metaverse, and sometimes I even hate the term because you know what does it really mean, and people have so many different associations with the metaverse or so many definitions definitions of the metaverse. Um, but in reality, what the metaverse is about is really just digital worlds or virtual worlds. It's different kinds of worlds often in in 3D and on the internet. And this is something we're going to see you know, much more. We're going to see it as a part of our augmented reality it might be you looking through, you know, your phone camera. It might be you looking through a, a pair of glasses or, you know, even a virtual reality headset. It might be you looking at your browser or at your computer. It might be you looking at, you know, your phone and, and you know, it's a app that displays different kinds of 3D worlds. Um, but, I mean, to put it simple, it's, it's, it's really just a 3D or virtual layer uh, on top of you know the lives that we are really living, so of course that is going to be super important and huge in the future. Did you need any convincing as to why this was interesting, or did it kind of make sense instantly? Um, 
No, I, I def, I, I've definitely become more bullish or I understand way more over the last 12 months. But I think there was just some parts that instantly clicked. Like the fact that you can open up your browser, you can create anything you want in 3D and you can, you know, edit it and even together with other people. So you can have multiple people editing and creating a 3D space in real time in the browser. Like that's just incredible, right? And the accessibility to do that is just crazy. Go back even just a couple of years, it would have required you to download like, I mean, gigabytes of um, data to install a program that would allow you to model things in 3D. And then you wouldn't even be able to do it together with other people. You wouldn't be able to share it and so on. But now you can do that. Like you can literally create almost anything you want in 3D. And if you want to do something more custom and more advanced, you can always do that in a 3D program or more more traditionally and then upload it to uh, to bottles. And then on top of that, you can add all of our utility. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned if you went back a couple of years and all that progress that's been made, what do you think happens if you skip a couple of years? What do you ideally, what do you think is the coolest thing that could be like occurring in three, five years? In terms of or, or related to the metaverse? Yeah, like the experience that you can have there in whether it's in portals or just in metaverse as a whole, the concept. Yeah, I think one of, one of two things. One is I think we'll see way, way bigger adoption because it's, I mean, let's go back to the beginning of YouTube and video on the internet. That took some years as well, right, to get traction and for them to get a ton of views. But now it's it's a you know, huge thing. And I'll, I, I, same with, you know, streaming and Twitch and so on. And I think we'll see the same with 3D experiences um, for a lot of events, for a lot of experiences, for a lot of brand activations, for a lot of you know community meetups. It's it's just such you know such a better experience to to meet in 3D. And even if you are just standing there using the chat or whatever, just watching whatever is happening, it's still a much better experience, uh, and it's way more immersive. So. Let's say you do, could even be a Twitch stream or it could be a Zoom call or whatever. It might say, hey, there's 40 or 50 people here right now. But if you see 40 or 50 avatars in the same space, it, it just feels way more immersive. And 3D spaces allow you to do, you know, much more. And again, yeah, it might not work better for everything, but for the use cases where it works better, um, I think we're going to see, you know, ton of adoption and a ton of amazing events um, in the future. And I mean, from now and to what you mentioned in terms of where, where will we be in three or five years, the graphics will get better. You know, how many people you can be in one space will only get better. The creator and building tools will, will get better. Like everything literally will just get better. Like I'm not sure that everyone really understands, you know, what kind of, you know, graphics quality, uh, what kind of creator tools, and so many other things we'll have in in, in three to, to five years. I mean, it's going to be, yeah, pretty incredible and addicting. I mean, imagine if Netflix, where you watch it passively right now, is addicting, or Fortnite uh, at the current level is addicting. Then, then imagine, you know, in, in, in three or five years, what, what the metaverse and 
everyday experience is, is, is going to be. When it gets immersive and actually accessible for a lot yep, of people, yep. that's going to be crazy. <laughs> so how is your, I think two, two questions in kind of one, how, actually, let's go with the first question first. How did you get into the portals team? But not just, more like, I imagine you had a job before in Web2, and if you don't want to like get into those details, I understand, and on and all that. But how did you make that jump from Web2 into Web3 of like committing to a job in a company that you didn't necessarily know personally and, and just a completely new world to a certain extent? Um, so around November or around you know, the fall of 2021, um, I knew that there was a you know, uh, big likelihood that I would leave the current company I was at. I was the C- CEO of a education and, 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 and training company and I ended up um, not leaving it in November, but ended up uh, you know, agreeing with, with the founders to, to leave it in November 2021. Um, so the timing was, you know, was just there and was good. So I didn't quit that company to to join Portals, but you know the Portals opportunity basically came up um, around that time, and uh, yeah, it was just a you know perfect match in in so many ways in terms of everything from community building to partnerships to uh, the marketing communication part, and yeah, great match. And it was kind of an it, kind yeah. of an interesting comp combi with personal interests and professional interest and professional experience. Um, and I think, I, I, you know, I'm fortunate to get to use a ton of that, you know, in portal. So it's not even just my professional and personal, uh, not even just my professional experience. It's actually also a ton of like personal interest and personal experiences from, you know, gaming and the internet uh, from, from very early on. So yeah, I, I, just a great match. Does that answer? Yeah, for sure. Has it continued being such a like good match and being such a good vibe? Have there been like maybe sometimes where you didn't necessarily regret it, but might be like questioning if it was a good idea? Like any like distinct points like that, or has it been more or less a smooth ride? Um, I've never questioned it or regretted going full time web free or you know anything with with portals. Um, I think at times I've definitely been surprised that okay, how many like surprises or black swan events or, you know, crises or, you know, I, I think I've been surprised in terms of, you know, how fast the industry moves or just in the past 12 months, like the amount of ridiculous news or surprises we've had is nothing like, you know, any other industry. And and I've been in some really competitive industries from, you know, consulting to tech uh, or web to you know, tech and the startup industry and so on for, for many, many years. But I don't I, I don't really think anything beat, you know, the web free space. And um, back in twenty twenty one, I I think few people would probably had forecasted, you know, what a wild ride twenty twenty two would be. Uh, but yeah, I mean absolutely no regrets, but it's it's it, it's been a learning journey as well. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. So you then mentioned something like the personal experience and the professional experience. So aside from portals, what is, what do you do basically? Like, has it been really very much focused on web three? What's the 
hobbies, activities, do you continue gaming? Or like has being on portals kind of maybe diminished your will to game? Because I hear often like that the balance between professional and personal can be hard to hit. So how has that worked? Um, I would definitely say in the past 14 or 15 months, it's been mainly, you know, just portals 24-7. So there hasn't really been any any you know interest or, or hobbies um i've you know tried out some some games here and there or watched uh, a couple of streamers um uh, but but haven't haven't really you know played anything um for for a lot of hours uh yeah i mean it's yeah just been mainly portals and we i mean we have so much to do so it's it's everything from building and using our own platform to all the different responsibilities in my job and it's yeah, it's basically just been been more than more than full time uh, for sure. So haven't 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 really had <laughs> that much time uh, outside yeah. of outside of balls. Ah, fair enough. I mean, it it definitely gets intense. And the same thing you were mentioning, just how everything moves so fast. It's uh, it's mind blowing. Yeah, I- the way you look back one year and it's like, dude, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, I mean, there's always, you know, Discord messages or Discord channels and not even in other projects, but just polls related, right? Like, I'm a part of a million group chats on Discord, part of a million group chats on, on Telegram. You get Twitter DMs on both my personal account and the polls account. And, so you know, there's always something to do and, you know, exciting collaborations and people to to create stuff with. So, yeah, definitely not missing missing it stuff to do <laughs> yeah, yeah actually speaking of like all of that like all the dms all the everything that reminds me of nft paris how was that experience as someone who had the clanosaurus croissants and had everyone chasing after you just to get that yeah that was crazy <laughs> for sure i mean kudos <laughs> to, to the i mean to the clanosaurus team absolutely love them um uh, you know th- them as a team, their holders, the one who actually hold, you know, Klenosaurus and not just the people who, you know, were chasing me for croissants. Uh, I mean, absolutely amazing team, amazing holders. Uh, I definitely understand, you know, why they're having as much success as they're having right now. Uh, but yeah, it was, you know, it was both fun and also intense, like ended up being a lot of local groups and then they created like group chats and Discord groups and so on. And like, I think we were four people who had croissants in in Paris, and they ended up like you know taking pictures and um, you know writing our location and so on. So there was one moment where I was just sitting down for two or three minutes to get a, a coke, just relaxing, and people just kept coming over because someone had taken a picture saying, "Hey, he's at you know at the water station or whatever." I was just sitting down for like two minutes, right? Uh, and maybe for context, for for you know, for people who might not be familiar, uh, during NFT Paris, uh, the Cleanosaurus team had, uh, I think, 400 and something croissants together with uh, cupcake or the cupcake technology. So we basically had um, like a credit card-sized card, and if you scan that with your phone, then you could claim a croissant, and that was just really, really popular. Uh, uh, yeah. In, 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 in Paris, uh, you know, an amazing activation and it was a lot of fun and got yeah. to meet a lot of, you know, cool people, a lot of cool conversations as well. Yeah, those cupcakes were so insanely popular. I, I still have the cards because I thought they were really nice. cool, but those, they've had like a face fucking demolishing pump. It's it's kind of crazy what Clannisorts are doing, but 
how that makes me like ask another question how did you come in contact with the Kleinosaurus team to be one of the like distributors of croissants uh, so we actually we've talked to talk with the Kleinosaurus team for a while you know they've been in in, in polls um for a while as well and i can't even remember um uh or when the conversation about paris uh started but yeah i was just talking to it i mean i think one of the amazing things on solana as well is and maybe more than people know but so many of the top 30 or top 20 projects are speaking a lot you know to each other and with each other and we have a lot of different group chats and, 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 and so on. So there's a lot of collaboration, even if some of it um, doesn't reach, you know, surface level or, or, or Twitter, there's, a, you know, a lot of talking uh, going on. So that might have been why to, um, yeah, I can't even, can't even remember. Um, I think it just happened. Uh, not, no, no clean source and portals, uh, partnership coming soon um let's just say we're 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 talking and i think it's it's, you know it's a natural you know natural fit since they are very much you know 3d and very much uh focused on animations and and so on and there's a lot of things you can do on solana in the metaverse that you can't do anywhere else um so yeah let's just say we're 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 talking to them um but right right i mean a lot it's about timing as well and we never want to rush things too much, so it has to fit. We don't want to, like, people might have seen different kinds of metaverse uh, press releases or announcements where some brand announces something and they do a space, like a quick, beautiful space in 3D, and then nobody uses it. What's really important to us is that any partnership we do, it has to make sense. Like, your utility has to be incorporated if you are a free, uh, 3D or NFT project. Or if you are a Web2 brand, you know, there has to be a use case or you have to have a way to to bring in people. Um, so there's a lot of projects where we rather want to be patient and claim themselves, you know, they have the upcoming, um, I don't even know what they call it, but, you know, the way... Or, 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 um, when people are going to use the clay makers and the clay and the sardinas and and so on, and there's NFT LA right now. There's uh, NFT NYC next month. So you know, it's a super busy time, and we we, we yeah. rather want to take our yeah. time and, and, and to do it right rather than rushing something. I mean, we we, we can make a clean saw district in a week, um, but the execution has to be right around. It. I think it's worth uh, hitting the right time. Yeah, I think that's obviously the best take you can really have on that because if you're going to miss time partnership it's always going to have I think you just don't time it well and you're going to have so many issues off of it it's or just not even necessarily an issue but just not being able to like bring it to the fruition that you could have brought it to especially with two portals like two projects like portals and uh and Klanos, which are both huge absolutely so yeah and yeah speaking of like all the events that Klanosaurus have I'm I don't know what the next. I think the next month is probably going to be absolutely insane. Between as you're mentioning, like the claymakers, NFTLA, the Sardinias, and like the pterodactyls, all of that. It's going to be, it's going to be a fun month for sure. Are you going to NFTLA? Not in, not the LA one, but um, we'll be in in New York. Okay. Uh, okay. I don't. Ah oh, man, I was I was hesitating to go to New York. I don't think I'm going to go in the end. I go uh, to LA. It's uh, right. no. Oh, yeah. 
not too yeah. far. <laughs> too far for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of bummed that the New York one isn't in June. Like the weather is just better in June than in April. Yeah. Um, and it's mainly I'm I, I don't even think I'm gonna have a conference ticket, so it's mainly just to to meeting up with people and participating in side events, and we have a, have a few collaborations uh, ourselves. Yeah, hopefully Monkey Dog can pull off another nice lunch, something along those lines. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I, I think so. Otherwise, I think the community will will just come together and and do it. Yeah, yeah always, one hundred percent. So, how has um, how's it like? Have you been to many IRLs, and how's your experience been in all of that thing, like that world that I think Solana has set up quite a bit with the hacker houses and breakpoints and all of that. Like, mix. yeah, I think I, I think it's been really really good i think it's definitely one of the strengths on on solana in terms of you know hacker houses uh the yearly breakpoint event uh, i've been uh, i was at breakpoint in 2021 2022 um i think the execution of those is, is definitely amazing um i've absolutely loved the monkey dao events in multiple cities so both in in lisbon in new york uh, and so on um yes yeah, so i think i mean events so far has has been great um we are talking to obviously and both of us to talk a ton of people online and and virtually um and even though we're building a metaverse i, I still think you know meeting meeting people in in real life or whatever we we want to call it definitely still has has benefits and it just sort of strengthens your relationships to those people right like actually meeting people and not just corresponding with you know an animal jpeg yeah 100 percent. it's that it's that mix of attaching a face to the yeah. person and just like everything that makes a person like the body language the face the voice the the look and like it's all of that it's um I don't know. I I really I've enjoyed IRLs a lot, even though I've been to fairly few of them. But they're just always a very nice experience. Like I definitely recommend anyone to go to them, even if you're not necessarily like there for business development or marketing or presenting your project. Oh, I agree. Absolutely, it's always nice. And especially if you know if someone is already a part of of a project, if that project, and if you, I mean, of course, don't don't travel from you know one part of the world and then go to the other side of of the planet to participate in a in a two hour event. But if you have something like, yeah. you know, in your city or close by and, and a project that, that you're part of is hosting something, I, w- I would definitely go. Um and I think especially for a lot of holders in communities and in projects, there's a lot of value in meeting other folks, whether that is, you know, just you know, good times and entertainment or whether it's, you know, networking or professional uh value. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, Lisbon was awesome. I think Lisbon was the first one I actually went to, and it's just, like, looking back on it, it was so much nice. fun. Was that the last one in, <laughs> yeah. in, in 2022? Yeah, yeah, the way nice. last one. It was really cool. And then FTX happened, but it was really cool aside from that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so FTX basically happened when I was flying home, so... When I opened my phone, oh, no. when I landed in Copenhagen, I could just start to see the tweets. And I literally had, and, you know, I didn't like it from, like, a security perspective, but I just had to pull out my, like, my laptop at the luggage uh, area uh, just to try to transfer funds out. But, yeah, it was pretty wild. 
Ah, Jesus. That must have been a hard hit coming back from the plane. That was crazy. Yeah. Because I had, I, I lived it all uh, in Lisbon with like a group of, uh, the group from Honey. We were just like on the same Airbnb. Oh, wow. And it's like, you get to, you get the whole day and everyone was just visibly depressed, Yeah. basically. We're all just there like, fuck. Even though we had no fun, we had no like actual direct impact. Right. It was just so much of a like, fuck. And then, and then I take the plane. I think I was the first one to take the plane maybe. And as I'm sitting, waiting for my plane, that's two hours late. This one guy came up to me and was like, FTX. Oh, really? <laughs> it was the funniest shit in the world. Because I was just wearing the Breakpoint merch and the guy's like, FTX. Right. Like, okay, this guy has to ask for that uh, breakpoint shirt on. He, he looks depressed. Okay, it's FTX. And like, we just had this conversation. He was like a VC guy who, well, his, his VC was fine, actually. But it was just like, everything was like, fuck, this is so huge. And yeah. I mean, I feel like And the also impact for the entire hasn't industry, been right? I too mean, bad. Yeah. You were saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just it, you know, it, it affects the entire space and you know everything on Solana. Um, I'm not sure if I agree that the, you know, that it hadn't been hasn't been that bad. I think like from a perception of branding standpoint, you know, Solana has definitely taken uh, a big hit. Sure, I know Solana went down for a couple of hours, a half a day. Yeah, and that was even during NFC Paris recently, but. No, it's it's still such a good platform. There's so many amazing things happening. The developer community, the protocol, uh, protocols available, the t technical tools available, and so on. Solana's object, I mean, it's it's just so good. But the branding and the perception is often just so important. Like Twitter really matters in this space, right? And I, I definitely think it, yeah, took a hit there. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I think, I think I kind of expect. I was worried that it would be worse, Right, right, right. but it's true that like the impact has just been massive. I mean, and I don't think I necessarily realized how much of the impact of like the visual of like that branding side, because obviously I'm I'm still here, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm still here, like, oh, it was FTX's fault, not Solana's fault. But for someone who isn't necessarily already in, it's probably massive. And yeah, and then obviously all the damage that it will have done to to DeFi. And to a bunch of a bunch of people at the end of the day, which is what matters most, Yep, right? yep, for sure. But yeah. I, speaking of branding, actually, that's interesting that you talk about it because I saw. Um, do you, you know uh, OX Mert? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, he was mentioning that, right? Yeah, <laughs> he was mentioning uh, like the. Um, I don't know. It wasn't OX Mert. I think it was OX Nico actually, the one who did um, uh, Anons. Yep, He was mentioning yep. that like Anons. the marketing and the branding on Solana just. hasn't really been doesn't seem to have hit that well because of how much you have that well you have like the bad impressions but also because I think what, the way he put it was that no one was standing up to the FUD um, he had a fairly funny tweet I'll, I'll have to send it if I find it but yeah it's just that branding is, is very important Yeah, I think I, yeah, I think I saw it earlier today from from Nico and you know I absolutely love both Nico and 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 Murph, uh, great ambassadors, uh, you know for for Solana for sure. Um, and I think I mean Solana, both Labs and Foundation is doing so many things really really great, like hackathons, um, the different hacker houses in different cities, uh, breakpoints. community building, um, a ton of things in the 
develop ecosystem and so on. You know, it's it's just being done so well. Um, and I mean, it, you can always argue back and forth, like how centralized you want marketing and branding to be and how you know decentralized should it be or you know how much responsibility is how much of a responsibility is it of other you know organizations or companies or ecosystem players to also you know be a part of that and yeah it, it it's a long long discussion i do think that you know solana could probably benefit from focusing even more on let, let's def, let's say if twitter was a city right uh i would definitely prioritize twitter as a city even more if that makes sense like you know if you're in new york if you're already in all the all of these um different global cities then i would definitely prioritize um twitter i do think the strategy that they have makes a ton of sense long term but when you get ahead like ftx you you know you just need a lot of uh you know, crisis management and 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 try to uh, counter all the the fud that that is going to be there. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, I guess it's a really tough balance to hit. You know, at the end of the day, communications is it's so much about preparation, but also so much about things that happen on the spur, like in the spur of the moment, which is not that easy to handle, right? Yeah. If you don't see and, it coming, it's like, and again, fuck. I mean. And it's so relative as well. Like it depends on okay, what, you know, what is your time horizon? Is it the next three months? Is it the next five years? Or is it in the next you know twenty years? Like there's so many factors that come into play. Or you know, is your main focus on the U.S. and um, other like Western countries or EU? Or is it on reaching as many people as possible? Is it on I'm, Solana is is doing amazing things in India? reaching you know a yeah, ton of I developers and a ton of people so you know should that be a higher priority than reaching way less people in europe i mean i don't know so there's so many things that that is relative right and and the nft ecosystem is uh probably fairly um i mean uh, concentrated in a few you know countries or demographics so yeah it's 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 so relative um, I still think it's the same that Solana doesn't have an you know even even better brand in in general. I think we could do more, and and I know that is being done more in terms of what materials and uh, what can you know people in the ecosystem help to to push. I mean, Solana is really really decentralized, but I think a lot of people probably have the perception that it's not right. Like it's a VC chain, and the VCs control it, but you know, that's really not the the truth yeah i think i mean progressively we probably see it get better given well hopefully and especially with fire dancer less downtime which is yep. such yep. a huge source of fun and then vcs kind of will exiting at the end of the day so yeah yeah I think in the after, hopes of uh, you know, good things we, we don't after fgx you know there was probably yeah. a lot of vcs you know that was forced to to, to leave out. or even lost you know their the token so it's yeah I mean, it's uh, definitely... the, the silver lining, right? Yep, yep. So, um, with all the work at Portals, what do you see yourself like? In because you have your role at Portals, do you think what's the time horizon for you there? Are you going to continue working at Portals? How long do you want to continue working there? What's the 
kind of what are your plans for the next coming years when it comes to like Web3 and, and those objectives? Yeah, so basically just polls, polls, and, and polls. Like, there's no, you know, <laughs> yeah. no indeed, you know, all in full commitment. Um, and I think what, that's what's so great about our team as well. Like, you know, we're not going anywhere. Uh, it doesn't matter with market conditions or, or, or whatnot. Um, most of the team even worked for a very long time before the mint. Um, this has always, for all of us, been a you know a long journey, a multi-year project. Uh, not, I mean, project is even you know crazy thing, crazy way to 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 describe to describe it. But let's, let's say a multi-year journey. So yeah, I mean, polls, polls, and and and, and polls is, is what's on on the agenda for for the many many uh, next years. And I think it's I mean, there's so many things to it. It's you know a super interesting and fun and exciting journey. Um, I also think it's a really important journey, right? So do we want the future of the internet in 3D to be open or do we want it to be super centralized? And do we want to, you know, be forced to pay certain centralized platforms or whatever, 50% or 30% of everything creators do? Um, I would say no, <laughs> And so, you know, there's a lot of important battles. I, I think it's a really important journey as well. I think it's important. I mean, Instagram shut down or, or was sunsetting NFTs or at least announcing it earlier today, right? Which is, yeah. you know, uh, I, I think it's such a shame, especially for a ton of artists. Um, I'm, not sh- I'm not sure why they did so, if it was political or reputation pressure or whatnot um i I don't really see what they lose from uh, allowing people to verify if certain you know art or pfps um are you know is on the blockchain or not um but yeah i I think i mean it's both a really really interesting and fun and exciting journey and i love the community and love to build with community i love i mean so many other folks um, in in the Polish community, and then on the other hand, I also think it's such an important journey. So there's plenty of of, of motivation there. Yeah, you you mentioned that importance, and I think it makes me want to bounce off that like a lot of people kind of want to have a certain purpose in the work that they do. They want to maybe have an impact. All of this is like I given the way you talk, I imagine there is. What do you really think is like the purpose that drives you to continue working for portals, that like long-term vision of the impact that you're going to be making with portals. And why does that matter to you? Um, that's, I mean, so many things to it. And I think, uh, and to elaborate on what I said earlier in terms of the way I do at portals really draw on both my, um, you know, professional and personal experience and, and interest. So uh, definitely plenty of motivation, but, from sort of a, uh, you know, to be purpose-driven or why I think polls matter on a, on a, I don't know if you can say, you know, a, a higher level or how, however we are to, to describe it. Um, but, you know, having ownership in our, uh, in our future virtual worlds is just going to be so important. And I don't even think we have the best terms to, describe it right now uh, because a lot of people are not familiar with you know what's possible what is the future going to look like but 
imagine how important social media right now is to, I mean, most people really, like how important their Instagram account is or how important likes on their TikTok post is, whether you're 12 years old or whether you're 40, like the internet and your online presence is so important to so many people or you mentioned csgo right like imagine how much people how much money people are paying for skins there and then go five or ten or twenty years into the future then imagine if you're not able to own anything like compared to the physical world like imagine if in the physical world you could not own your own chairs your own table things in your kitchen the television your bed like imagine if all of it could just be taken away from you right uh, if the company who was owning your bed does not agree with your political view, I, I know this is you know getting crazy, but I'm just trying to to, to make a point here. It would, it would just be such a shame in, in the future if you can't own own anything in virtual worlds or on the internet. Did you come to that conclusion while working with portals? Did it? like fit when you join portals like when you started talking to them or has this been something that you'd already thought about before even entering web3 or before even entering portals um i would say a, a combo like when we started in 2021 the metaverse especially on solana was basically like 2d images of a house like you know that was real estate on the blockchain right it was an image of the house and people were like oh you know in the future, people can see this image of a of a house, and they can click a URL, and I can display my NFTs. Like it was, it's almost hard, almost funny to imagine, you know, what the metaverse or what real estate was like, even in just 2021. Um, so it's yeah, very yeah, so relative in in that regard, but. I've I've been involved in a lot of different kinds of both open source or open source software um, projects, uh, open source educational resources. I, I was a, a big part of that movement for for a couple of years in in different countries and in my own country. So I've always believed that the principles behind NFTs and blockchain and so on is really important, and, and the principles behind the open metaverse. So it it basically just clicked very early on yeah that makes a lot of sense where did that do you think there's a reason for that passion that you had for open source came up or was it just like you mentioned that your childhood you were already on computers so was it just like a natural progression of it or was there ever i don't know maybe some i don't want to say life-changing event but something that kind of triggered that um it would be easy to say because it's the right thing to do, right? <laughs> because, you know, yeah. having, having, I mean, imagine if the internet was not based on open standards, like HTTP, the protocol, or the email protocol. Or, like, the the world has gained so much from some of these protocols or open standards or different kinds of open source software. Um, one example that a lot of people might know is WordPress. I, I haven't seen over the last couple of years, but for a lot of years, like a huge, huge part of the internet was actually run on, you know, WordPress, which is, you know, quite amazing. Or uh, imagine for, for at least for a lot of years, maybe, maybe with the last couple of years, uh, everything is way more political. But for so many years, Wikipedia was uh, one of the most important sources of information for, you know, basically humanity, right? And that was also based on on open principles and 
open uh, and public collaboration. So, uh, uh, yeah, just always love that. And I think because it's the right thing to do. Um, and why do I believe that? I don't know. Um, I've always spent a lot of time on the internet, always learned a lot from the internet. I've always, uh, always got a ton of help from people on the internet and always tried to you know, help others and give back and so on. So may- may- maybe there's a couple of things there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a rational or logical thing to do, right? But that's yeah, a biased opinion okay. because that's my, <laughs> my opinion. Um, but I mean, look at the internet, look at so many things we have in the world. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the right, right way to go. Imagine if we, imagine if email was centralized, like that would be crazy. Or if, you know, the internet, main internet protocols, you know, wasn't open. I mean, would just be crazy and then imagine if we want the future of the internet and 3d or future virtual worlds are they going to be open as we know with as we know the internet is right now or the email or is it going to be like a facebook <laughs> you know world or uh whatever game world or yeah it just has to be open yeah kind of that kind of makes me think of like what could be open but isn't because of like all of the commercialization and i don't know the yep. closed source all of that yeah so imagine the app store like how many even oh, i yeah. mean both you know small companies and big companies are complaining i mean is it really fair that such an important platform in the world and again it's a long discussion and i i get apple's arguments for you know why they are you know charging people a fee but 30 percent from one of the most important uh, platforms. It, it's a lot. It's pretty huge. 30% is pretty fucking huge, yeah. Yeah, so imagine <laughs> if, you, if you want to deploy any, any you know, app on the internet and anything you own from it, you had to pay 30%. Like, yeah. we would literally not have all the amazing stuff on the internet as we have today. Like, stop. Yeah, we yeah, just wouldn't. 100%. Do you think there's a place where open principles stop making sense or don't work? Or is, and, and what would those be? Oh, yeah, a lot. I mean, a lot. Um, and I think sometimes people are maybe too idealistic. And it's just often such a balance to, to strike. So again, it depends on, you know, what industry or what purpose or what application or, yeah. Yeah, it, it 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 really depends, and feel free. Um, we can go deeper if you have any any like specific examples or. Yeah, or, I was or going cases. to ask. Yeah. I was going to ask. Do you have any specific example that comes to mind of where like open principles were applied and it just didn't make any sense, or maybe just where someone was like just that overly idealistic about it? Yeah. So maybe one example I think some people listening to to the podcast here can can relate to is. Um, so th- there's this thing called Creative Commons, and maybe people, some people have seen it as CCO or CC0, sorry, CC0, like Creative Commons, where um, a few artists and a few projects, especially on ETH, they've just made uh, their entire art collection or entire PFP collection, like Moonbirds uh, did it and a couple of other collections. They put all of their art into the public domain, basically. So, you know, anyone can do anything with it that they want and i'm not sure if, if if that and again it's a super long discussion but i'm not sure if it makes sense for 
collections that didn't announce it before the mint because literally like imagine you building up a brand around a specific moonbird or another you know cc0 uh pfp then anyone else can freely use the same pfp and they have just as much right as you do like the token literally doesn't matter anymore and again I think it makes a lot of sense for, for example, let's say the Noun project because they it's it's been a central part of, of the entire project and they've really benefited from it. Um, and then maybe an example where CC Zero makes a ton of sense. Um, so I worked a lot in in the education space and um, we had a lot of English in the project I worked at um, a lot of English education materials where it was licensed CC Zero. CC zero, and then you know any company or any NGO in a lot of develop de- developing countries, they could take it and actually earn money. So we ha- we actually tried to get businesses to profit from using you know all the IP rights to all of those educational materials because then they would essentially be a distributor, and and it doesn't matter to to us, or it didn't matter if they earned money because. That's super cool if they just get into the hands of even more students. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, but, 100%. You know, if you're completely open sourcing or putting art or PFPs into the public domain, like, what's really the point of a personal PFP? If, and, and maybe, maybe it's because I've been so much in that field, but I, I still think a lot of people in CC0, and I think it's very different with art. So if you own an art piece and it's in the public domain, I think that's very different from PFP projects. But since I've been, I, I mean, I've worked so much with Creative Commons. Um, I know so many people there. Something that is in the public domain or CC0 is, I mean, you and I own it as, as much as anyone owning one of those PFPs or owning a Moonbird. I, I just can't get that out of my head. Like, it's yeah. So what are you? Re- I mean, so so essentially, what you you own is, you know, the Discord access and access to whatever the token will give you access to, in the future. And I know that's a huge part, um, you know, of projects. It is a community and so on. But uh, to me, I think a huge part of PFPs is the identity part, right? Like, you know, this is my PFP. This is how people can identify me across platforms, like on Twitter, on Discord, people can recognize me uh, and, and and so on, right? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I agree with the identity part, especially that, because if you lose, if you don't have the ownership anymore of the actual image, all you own is a token on the blockchain and that doesn't really matter that much at the end of the day. Like, interestingly, I, I mean... And as as we talked about earlier, like one of the main premises or one of the beautiful things, you know, with the blockchain and with NFTs, it is virtual or digital ownership, right? But with CC0, you know, you basically remove the need for digital or virtual ownership. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. CC zero is like I'm just thinking about that. It's like it. I don't. Do you know why they decided to make that choice of doing the? Um... It was. It, there was a couple of weeks 
uh, where yeah. it was sort of the you know the meta or the flavor of the month, and I mean you haven't seen anyone do it afterwards, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it was really just you know really hot topic, and there was a couple of really hyped artists on ETH that did it. So I'm not sure if it were, if it was kind of a yeah flavor of the month thing or FOMO or or whatever. But the thing is, I mean, when you do it, you can't take it back. Like then you've literally released all of your IP, including all of your holder IP into the public domain. Like you cannot take that back, uh, which is why it's, you know, it's such a crazy or wild thing to do if you don't really think about it or if you don't evolve your community. And I mean, I, I love a lot, a lot of what, you know, Moonbirds and Proof and so on are, are doing and have a ton of, ton of friends there, but it's just a wild thing to do, and uh, and again, I'm totally damaged since I've worked in, you know, with it so much. And I absolutely love Creative Commons. I love CC Zero, and there's so many other licenses that they could have gone with as well. Like this, uh, CC uh, SA, or I mean, it's other variants where people can't use it for commercial purposes, but they can you know, use it for remixing or whatnot. Like, there's so many options there, but CC0 is, is the, yeah, the wild one. It's kind of the most hardcore one to go down, right? Yeah, yeah. Where, yeah, it's the extreme one. I, so once you don't own the image, like right-click saving just makes sense at that point. It's like, I'm not even stealing if I right-click save, it's mine. Oh, man. No, and you don't even need to right-click save it. Like when it's in the public domain, oh, you can just go and look you, for it, right? You own it without right-click saving yeah. it. Like it's literally in the public domain. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't. I. I think most people maybe don't realize slash think about it that much because, given as you say, you've worked a lot in CC zero, so you actually realize what it implicates. But I think you tell that to me, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. They made it open for use. Something like that's probably where I, my mind stops at, just because I don't have that background knowledge. Yeah, and I think it's a beautiful thought. Like, hey, let's empower people in our community. Yeah. So if we put a Creative Commons and really open or flexible license on it, then people in our community they can use it without fearing, um, you know, any uh, any of the legal stuff. Like they don't have to consult lawyers; they can just do it. We don't have to write up like crazy, crazy. Um, agreements like if you go to most other big projects like uh, board apes or what whatnot, that's a lot of legal work going into you know what can you do, what can't you do, when do you have to pay Yuga, or when do you have to consult with Yuga? Like it's a huge thing. So just doing CC zero makes it for sure a lot easier for the community, but it also you know removes you know any rights in the future. Like you could literally have a competitor or someone that you really really disagree with uh you know from a political perspective or whatnot use all of your ip and you can't do anything about it like it's their right yeah. to use and abuse it it's just such a crazy thing you really open yourself up to some like dangerous like shots i think at yeah. this point in time a few people would actually go for it but uh and i think it makes the world I mean, it's it makes so much sense for a lot of public domain uh, materials or uh, especially in the education sector, right? The reason why you have a thing like uh, CC0 is for art. So people can remix, you know, art and in in terms of education materials and, you know, 
people can freely uh, commercialize, remix, or whatnot, translate and use it, or, or, or localize uh, materials. Uh, and they don't have to deal with complicated, you know, licensing deals and, and so on. So, you know, in that respect, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. Or you have websites like Unsplash or other image, image uh, websites or databases, uh, which is a bit like WordPress, right? So you can go there and you can search in a term and then there might be an image under CC0 that you can then freely use for your website or to remix or whatnot. So let's say you need an image of a lighthouse or of a house. You can go there and you can find one and you can use it. I mean, I think that's a perfect or an amazing example of CC0. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, CC0 is useful as hell for so many different purposes just to have that Absolutely. opening and yep. when you don't need to like go on like google images look something up and then what do you have you have the shutter stock fucking watermark right over your images and you're like damn can't use this yep or even yeah. for the metaverse or in in in, in polls i think we'll see a growing library of um 3d assets that is going to be under yeah. cc0 but you know, nobody's going to identify as a chair or a table or whatnot. Like it's like basic stuff, right? Uh, I'm not going to use like a 3D chair as my profile picture on Twitter and and make that my my whole identity. But it makes sense if you know a couple of years from now that there's a huge library of basic 3D assets that you know anyone in in, in the world can use. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Are is everything? All 3D assets in portals going to be under CC0, or is it like, is there like, if you put it in portals, does it go under a license, or can if I create something and put it in portals, does it go under whatever I choose? How does that work? Yeah, so right now we have um, uh, a library or an inventory system that if you have a, a portals NFT, then you have access to to use all of those items. Um, right now, and it, it hasn't even been, you know, a thing we have discussed. It, it's not CC0. And the main thing, um, or the, I mean, I, I guess the main benefit from uh, making those items more, more open would be for other platforms to to use it. Um, what I think is more important is our, our holders or our users being able to import their own 3D assets. So whether that is something you create yourself or whether that is something you download or buy on uh, platforms like Sketchfab or um, we, we have an amazing um, DAO called BuilderStyle uh, that is a lot of the uh, most active and and, and uh, yeah, just an amazing group of builders in, in Poles. They've, they've made a, a, a DAO a group themselves. They have a ton of items uh, that you can then buy with with both, both that job, but also I think a lot of a lot of items are available for for free, um, and it, yeah, I think that that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's, that's actually really smart to have that DAO where you are already where you can kind of sell those three D assets. It makes a lot of sense. It already exists in Web two for like three D printing. I've been yep, exactly. I've been through that, but it's that's really cool. Yeah, so yeah, man, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good example with three D printing. Like, there's a ton of assets you can download and then you can just you know plug them into your 3d printer and you can print them i mean and that's great for innovation right uh and i think that's the strength of uh open sourcing things but you don't need to open source pfp projects right because you know uh open sourcing 
you know, I don't know, a, a square or a triangle or a dog in 3D so that other people can 3D print it is just not the same as a profile picture. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> far from being the same, for sure. Um, yeah, I had a thought on the 3D, but I think it just completely went out of my mind. Damn. Um, oh, actually, I was thinking about... Um, so, you know New Dumb Money, right? Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah, because I think I'd mentioned them before, because I, I, I think the most, the example of portals that I've seen the most of, like, an actual structure is actually the one that he made for Boombox. I thought that was really cool. Nice. And, um, and speaking with him, we spoke a lot about, like, events that you could do in the metaverse, and I was wondering if, if you guys have worked in that direction at all, of trying to organize those kind of huge events in the same sense that, for example, the Travis Scott one in Fortnite, where he did a concert and a video game, that kind of thing. Is there a future for that in Portals? Is that something you guys are like looking at? What's the outlook on really pushing events out that are impressive and that utilize that metaverse tech that couldn't just be like done in in Web 2 or something? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And there's even a lot of levels to it or a lot of different kinds of, of use cases. Um, so, for example, the you know the Travis Scott concert, you know, it cost a ton of money for for them to set up. And I think what's the power of, for example, um, portals or, or the open metaverse is that any creator, any community, any company can actually do it for a lot less money than even just five years ago. Like you really had to be a global company, or you had to pay pay almost a hundred, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to do something. Uh, something similar. Um, it's definitely a focus of of ours, and you can even right now you can be thousands of of people in 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 polls. It's going to divide you into different instances or different subgroups. So depending on the event, it might be you know a hundred people or fifty people in in each um, sort of area, but it's going to be the same. Does that make sense? Uh, so it's yeah, same thing. Of course. Like uh, different servers, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so you'd and, be able to share yep. the experience with other people while seeing the same event, right? But yep, yep, yeah, okay. exactly. And if we think about it, like how often do you go to either a physical event or a virtual or online meeting where you need more than fifty or hundred people? I mean, it's it's very rare, right? Like, what is really the benefit of mega digital events where you see everyone in the same spot and i mean we can simulate you know ten thousand people being being there or different kinds of avatars or people jumping up and down or or whatnot but 95 percent or 99 percent of 3d use cases will be with smaller groups than than 50 people um for sure yeah that right, it makes a lot of sense. I'm imagining kind of the way you'd be able to like emulate a football stadium because I think the crowd is part of what matters. At the end of the day, you're yep. sharing that experience with three people, but it's about like the crowd, the shouting, the the deity that runs onto the pitch because he's crazy. Uh, it's yep. about all of that experience at the end of the day, and I guess it's kind of hard to and I think to what put matters, all of it together. Yeah, and I think what matters in in, in what you're describing is. Or the thing that would matter the most is, you know, people you know or people you have a connection with or relationship with. That matters even more, right? Even even in the physical world. But if you're looking at a screen and you see, you know, very, very small, like, avatar, maybe it's even only a couple of pixels, 
it doesn't really matter that much if that is, you know, a human being clicking spacebar, jumping up and down, or if you see, you know, the action. I mean, if you know that people are there, it's yeah. I I don't think that is the 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 biggest metaverse use case, if if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. It does. At the end of the day, I, I think it's actually really smart to have that separation of metaverse use case and the fact that there's IRL as well, and to not like say that metaverse replaces real life and be really like, actually conscious of the things where where metaverse can actually be useful and where metaverse can't be useful because. I mean, especially in crypto, where there's way too many people that are like, yeah, the use case. The use yeah, case or, is everything. Or or I think like sometimes people ask me, so, you know, is IIL connections less important, you know, in the metaverse? And I would definitely say, uh, no, <laughs> they are, you know, as important. And in the future with AI and so on, it's it's going to be so easy to simulate a ton of people being in a space and you would it would be impossible to to even you know recognize or see you know if avatars on the other side of the football field are real or not like it, you, you you don't really know so i think what's going to matter is still you know the connections that we can make in you know our virtual worlds or let's say you maybe you're a creator or maybe you are you know um an athlete or maybe you are an artist the ability for you to be able to create to connect with your fans is going to be huge, right? Like, like I, I can see so many amazing use cases from, you know, AMA events with artists to athletes doing, uh, you know, exclusive groups or contests or or whatnot, where you can really, you know, be in the same space without having physically to be in the same space, right? And with a lot less friction, like. All of you don't have to go on a Zoom call and turn on your camera and you have to think about, okay, what clothes am I wearing? How do I look? What's my background? How's my lighting? What time of day is it? And whatnot, right? It can yeah. still be immersive, but it's it's with a lot less friction. So you as, as an artist can just jump in for 30 minutes or 45 minutes without thinking about all of that. Or you don't need, I mean, let's be honest, a lot of these world-class athletes or artists, they can't just jump in looking like whatever, with whatever background. Like, it has to be a professional setup. But in the metaverse, you can literally just jump in for 30 minutes and have, you know, a really, truly amazing experience with your fans. And it would mean a lot to them and all of you would feel like you are there. Yeah, so metaverse really does help you make those connections with less friction, basically, right? Yep, yep. And, and, and way yeah. more fun than like a Zoom meeting, right? Because you can still, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have something to do. You can walk around, you can explore, you can see other people there, you can jump around, you can, you know, see whatever is in the space. And of course, it's also going to be up to the organizers or the people who created the space to, you know, uh, make thoughtful spaces. Like, okay, what are people actually going to do? Like, is it going to be a boring meeting? Is it going to be a boring meetup? Will there be things to do? Will there be things to watch? Um, are we going from room to room or space to space or is it maybe like a journey we go on together like there's so many amazing things and I think we've just scratched the surface in terms of seeing and experimenting with okay what kind of amazing experiences can we do like in in 3D like let's say you do a meetup with your you know favorite athlete or favorite artist why should it be in a static room with four walls like why is it not a 20 minute journey while you do the AMA and you get to see maybe clips that nobody else has seen before 
or you, I, I don't know, you go through like a maze that was designed. And again, I'm just spitballing here, but you know, I, I could see really, really interesting things where after 30 minutes, you, you would be like, okay, wow, that was the coolest thing ever. And, and it was my, you know, favorite artist or favorite athlete right there. Yeah. Is there a world where, because right now it's purely visual and I guess sound as well. Is there a world where like you start seeing the metaverse that starts using more senses, like what, whether it's like feeling, taste, touch, whatever. Because I mean, you know, there's all the hype about movies in 3D. But there was also a time where people were like, oh, movies in 4D. That was a whole big thing, right? Does that happen yep. to the metaverse? Is that how long of a time horizon do you think that is? Um, I know that there are some theme parks, like um, some different kinds, uh, like, you know, I think Disney has some 3D, um, uh, like what do you even call it? Experiences, yeah, yeah. Where, where, you know, if they sneeze, you know, in, in the movie, then, they, you know, you could sneeze on in, in real life. Uh, I just <laughs> don't experience. see, right, I, I just don't see that happening uh, anytime soon. I think we are going to see movement tracking a lot more. So, you know, different kinds of sensors tracking your, you know, your hands and your face and so on. I, I think that's going to be a big thing over the next three to, to five years. Um, but in terms of smells or water or, or, or yeah, physical touch or like, um, I don't think so. Not, uh, not a anytime. bit too futuristic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe sometime in the future we're like, brain implants you know that they can then manipulate your senses or, or, or something but yeah n not anytime soon I, I think movement tracking is going to be the next big thing and augmented reality where you're both in a space but also in a physical space uh yeah those two things yeah i mean you also obviously need like if you're going to do 4d you need people to have all that infrastructure and one of yep. the parts is removing the the friction right yeah just, i mean and and I mean hardware adoption is uh, it's just such a crazy things to do such a crazy thing to do right because you keep creating better hardware each year and especially since we are still very early um, imagine trying to get global adoption for you know a ton of different hardware elements in order to do some of the 4D things that that you are mentioning yeah like, 100 percent. Even now, the 3D elements are like, you have to have like the virtual um, helmets and everything, headsets. And it's like, yep. this is not a, it's already like a fairly high barrier to entry, but it's it's going down, which is, yeah. Exactly. Which exactly. Is really and, and, and I mean, I just, I mean, I really, 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 and of course I'm super biased, <laughs> but I really, really believe in, <laughs> you know, in, in, in the space. And I think, yeah joining a community like Portal, so starting to experiment with it. And wh whether that is you being a creator or an artist or a community or a company, you know, now is a really, really good time to start that learning journey. And it's not expensive, you know, anymore. Like we continue to add new templates. Like, you know, we had an amazing new gallery template we added um, last Friday. So, you know, if you are an artist, you can create amazing 3D experiences uh exhibitions and so on and i i've shown some of our spaces to people who are not familiar with you know the metaverse or nfts or whatnot and they almost can't believe that you can do it in the browser 
And you get access to all of those templates to create those experiences for whoever you want. Like in order to visit a space in Polish, you don't need a crypto wallet. You don't need to lock in. You don't need to do anything. You just need to send people a link. And people are so amazed when they see the level of graphics, um, how much you can do. You can click one button and you can have, you know, audio. You can do AMAs as an artist. You can you can screen share. You can do, you know, live auctions. There's just so much you can do. And it almost costs you no money, especially, you know, in the NFT space right now or with that model, you can even sell it again, <laughs> you know? So uh, it's, yeah, I, I think that's a really great opportunity right now if people actually want to spend a, a bit of time as well on on actually using or creating uh, 3D events, spaces, experiences. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think one last question is, some people are worried about what the metaverse can bring and the disconnection that it could bring from reality and things like that. If you had to nuance or take and maybe be a bit, um, well, not all that positive about portals, about portals, about the metaverse, is there something that you're not positive about? Is there something that you're worried about or is it full bullish? Again, I'm super, super biased. Um, but let's, you know, let's compare it to the metaverse that, a ton of, especially young people or younger people already use. Like, would I rather want people to spend quality time? And again, I'm biased, but would I rather want people to spend quality time in amazing, thoughtful spaces in polls versus on, you know, dumb TikToks eight hours or four hours or two hours a day? You know, any day of the week, I will choose 3D experiences. I will choose 3D experiences that are authentic, where you get to meet other people or you get to you know, joining on things where you, sh you know, you have common interests uh, and, and so on. Like, so I, I think my main point is we are already living in the metaverse, but most of us is just doing it from apps where we get to have six seconds or 12 seconds or 20 second clips that are literally designed to manipulate our brain to swipe up to watch the next 10 second video clip. Like is is that, you know, police, is that a great, and again, totally biased. And I'm going to sound like such a boomer from, you know, hating on TikTok. I, I have that myself. I think it's a ton of great content, but do we, at, at the end of our lives, you know, do we really want to conclude uh, uh, our life? But okay, yeah, I spent two years on TikTok. That was amazing. But, ten, you know, watching 10 second clips, I think that's, yeah. so I think we can, <laughs> it's, uh... again, I'm, I'm spitballing, but I think we can create amazing virtual experiences that goes way beyond passive TikToking and Netflixing and so on. And we will and are going to be a lot in virtual worlds, but the level of details, the level of graphics, the level of thoughtfulness, the level of gamification, the level of connection we can create, you know, even now, but also in the future versus stupid TikTok, stupid Netflix, stupid YouTube, stupid, you know, just watching whatever. Um, I think there's a ton of uh, ton of potential there and a ton of you know amazing experiences. Like anyone who's ever been amazed uh, of certain you know scenery in a game or beautiful you know uh, 3D environments or whatnot, they know what I'm talking about. And we are just barely scratching the surface of of all of that. Um, and I don't think we should replace you know the real world, but instead of looking at again you know, just our phone 
or just you know 10 second clips that are literally designed to just hijack your brain like why not replace that with digital or virtual you know beautiful experiences or thoughtful experiences or learning experiences or social experiences and i think we'll see way more of that that's also why i mean in the day of the week i think it's better if people play video games with others versus, versus just spending all of the time on on social media yeah you make a very good point that's i mean i hadn't thought about it that way at all <laughs> so yeah that's uh interesting <laughs> And, and, okay. and, you know, may, maybe some of us should take, I mean, I probably spend too much time on Twitter, right? <laughs> I should spend more time in, in, in policy events. Again, it's a great source of, of information, but yeah, yeah uh, there's definitely a lot of potential in terms of how we do, you know, virtual or digital events and, and information. Okay, okay. Well, that being said, I actually unfortunately have to go. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Um, <laughs> But so I think usually to close it off, I mean, first of all, I, I think, did, did I manage to explain the whole POAP concept to you, the NFT concept? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with it, so feel, but feel free the, to uh, yeah. explain it to anyone, anyone listening. Basically, for anyone listening, you can claim the, um, the, a piece made by Reverse who was listening earlier on. It was, I tried to make it the most customized and possible to you with like fairly little knowledge. But so if anyone wants, I'm going to, there's a tweet, you can comment your address under it. And if you don't want to comment it on Twitter, you can DM me with it and I will um, like have it sent to your address and obviously for you too, Chris. Um, Love it. And uh, yeah, that being said, typically, like if you want to shout anything out or like close it off with any particular comment, go ahead. This is uh, your time. <laughs> um, I mean, it- and again, I, I don't really just I, I don't really just want to shell portals, right? Um, but you know, if you are interested in the metaverse, or if you are interested in you know the future of 3D and so on, I mean, come join us. You can even so we have a collection called the New Explorers Club. It's only a couple of soul. I, I even think you can pick up a robot for like two or three souls. So it's not about the money. You know, come join us. Ask any question you want in the Discord. We are always happy to help. We have the most amazing community. So, you know, if you want to be a part of the future of 3D, future of the metaverse, future of virtual and digital experiences, you know, come join us. Come be a part of the community. Uh, you can do it for one hour a week or you can do that with, you know, 30 hours a week. But, yeah, come join us. Or if, if we can help or if you have any questions, uh, yeah, feel, feel, free to, feel free to join. Or even just DM the, the Paul's Twitter account or, or my, my uh, personal Twitter account. Always happy to help. Always happy to to move uh, move forward the the open metaverse. Fuck yeah! Okay, well, with that being said, thanks a lot for being on podcast on Tuesdays and Thursdays at five PM UTC and at nine PM UTC. Um, thanks everyone for joining. Thanks a lot you for being here, Chris. And uh, talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks. Thank you so much for for having me, and uh, thank you everyone for for listening. Thank you, man. See ya. See ya. Bye bye.